With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Line of Vienna's Week preview. So we're one game in, one defeat. Bolton Wanderers, um, even on their troubles for the first time this season, uh, heading to Essex uh, to face Colchester United. Uh, joining me to preview the game is uh, James, Jamie and Tom. So we'll start uh, this week's podcast uh, looking back at uh, last week's game against Forest Green Rovers. Um, obviously, First game, first defeat, quite possibly the worst performance we've seen this season. I'll go to you first, James. Um, after the encouraging second half display beside against Crew, how disappointing was it to see such a, a poor performance in our uh, opening league fixture? Oh it, oh, it was turgid. It was turgid. I was banking on us um, carrying on the form that we'd showed in the previous two matches, having a poor first half and then having a much better second half. This time, we somehow managed to have an even worse second half than we had in the first because at least in the first half we created a couple of chances the most notable ones that I can remember being Owen Dials who still who seems to be cursed now now that he's joined us and uh, Reese Greenidge's header that somehow went wide second half I couldn't recall any chance that we that we had could not tell you a single one it was absolutely dire to watch and I'm hoping that's that's just a case of getting all the kinks out of our system and just getting getting the crap out of the way because oh, if if we play like that against Colchester, even even as poor as they've been so far this season, we we would deserve to lose based on a performance like that. Yeah, it was certainly disappointing given uh, how we have performed in the second half in both the cup games to see such a a, a lackluster performance in the second half against Forest Green, but. It could have, as James said, it could have been a different story had uh, Dial finished that chance, Tom. He looks absolutely desperate to score. I think that's that's his issue. The, 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 don't get me wrong; he's a 32-year-old who has had a weight of expectation on him at quite a few clubs that he's played at before. But I don't think it's helping him the fact that everyone's coming out saying he will definitely score 20 goals a season without a doubt. And, you know, put their houses on it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I really don't think it can be helping the lad because in that particular situation. Uh, it was Sarchevich's chance, really, and Doyle has got in his way, bullied his captain off the ball, made a more difficult chance for him by having to cut inside and then then have the shot. Uh, I, I think he just needs one to go in off his arse or something, uh, completely uh, without any kind of knowledge of finishing it, whatever, because he's so keen to score. I think it's getting in the way of his general play, which hasn't looked particularly impressive in the three games that we've seen from him. Um, but yeah, it could have been a completely different game. You know, in sliding doors moments, we could have been 4-0 up at half-time. We could have been 4-0 down, such with the chances that were going at both ends. But James is right. In the second half, with the exception, I think Crawford had a long-range effort and he did make a difference when coming on. But by that point, I think there was a little bit of the confidence and belief sapped out of the teammates around him. 
Um, without that Crawford chance, we had absolutely no efforts on goal of in anger in my in my recollection, and it just seemed to be as I said numerous times to yourself in the chat. It was a game I've seen a hundred times before, you know, under under Phil Parkinson. Uh, a player who, who drew a lot of criticism at the, the weekend, especially on social media, and ended up leaving and then coming back was uh, Anthony Sarsovic, our captain. And um, I think a lot of the criticism kind of early. I think it's it's a lot of fans' frustration at seeing the, the you know the losing mentality we've been talking about. And I'll come to you uh, uh, on this on this, Jamie. Um, this you know this all stems from. I think we all need to have a bit of patience, don't we? I'd agree entirely with that. I mean, I, I missed the game, didn't watch any highlights, but um, players like Sartovic and Doyle, we've already mentioned that they're, they're big game players in this league, but there's a lot of expectation on them to, to come in, hit the ground running and, and fire the club to um, to do a League 2 title. Um, how realistic that is with a lot of new players, a new manager, etc., is is what we're sort of coming to terms to reality now. Um and they're, they're definitely class players this level. They just need a bit of time to to settle in, you know, grab a goal, whatever else it is to to get their confidence going. I think criticism at this point is entirely counterproductive. But I mean, if we want to try and balance the midfield, maybe um, talk about how Crawford comes on and makes an impact, as Todd was saying, perhaps looking to get him in from the start could be something that would improve Bolton's performances. Yeah, I think the midfield certainly a, a hot topic at the minute because we haven't really seen a settled one and I think they were a bit anonymous uh, at the weekend. I'll come to you on this, James. Um, do you have a, a three that you'd like to play? Do you think we've got a solid midfield three or do you think um, needs, uh, some, Ian Everett has some figuring out to do? Um, I think he'll say himself that he still has some figuring out to do because, honestly, not, none, of the centre-backs so far, none of the centre-backs so far have really impressed like none of them have really had a standout game that I can point to say yes, you're automatically a starter. I suppose if I had to choose the three at the moment, I'd go with Taft, Baptiste, and uh, maybe maybe Brock maybe Bank. But then, then again, Santos's forward play can be somewhat really deadly. So it's it's even hard to choose one for that position because honestly, most of them have underwhelmed so far. So. I suppose that makes it an open position. Who knows? Maybe we'll even sign Zuma <laughs> before Colchester. <laughs> who, who knows? It, it's it's hard it's hard to say at the moment, but it but it, he will have to commit to this position, and I do have faith that it will it all connect at some point. Like it'll all start to click. They'll all start to play off each other, and we'll we'll be able to find that balance between getting forward and you know being able to defend when you need to getting your shape right when if they hit us on the counter etc etc things like that so yeah i'll have faith but right now nothing nothing settled and i don't think it's going to settle for a few games to be honest yeah we, we spoke about it last week um after ian everett's comments about Rhys greenage being a, uh, the fastest man in the world um 100 meters on a fastest six foot seven blocker going uh, i'll come to you tom i'll yeah, come to you tom on this um, is there a place in the team for both Greenwich and Taft or do you see Taft on the left do you feel like he could play in the middle with Greenwich on the left because I think Greenwich had a bit of a slow game if, in all honesty I don't think he had the best of starts in a Bolton shirt 
well, let's be honest, he's not as quick as Everton has made out to be. The one time that he had the opportunity to show that pace, he got burned by whoever was playing on the right. Was it? I, I don't know who, who it was for Forest Green. To be honest with you, it's embarrassing that we lost to Forest Green because I couldn't name you any of their players with the exception of Jamil Matt. So that's disappointing in itself. But no, Greenwich is nowhere near as fast as what Everett is making out. I'm sure he's a relatively competent defender. Um, he actually showed me a couple of times that he um, has that weeter ability of getting in the way of stuff, making last-ditch challenges like Zuma used to do. Um, but I think Taft should either be starting there or starting in the middle. I have to admit, Baptiste was quite comfortably my man of the match against Forest Green. You know, it, just because you know uh, he, everyone else was so poor, that could well be the reason as to why he was my pick. But I just got the feeling that he really was being let down by the people either side of him. I thought Santos and Greenwich, when they were coming forward in possession, weren't really giving him an awful lot of help uh, defending if uh, Forest Green did break. Um, so I, I thought he was probably the most impressive one, so I wouldn't drop him at the moment. But I do think there is a position for Taft in that centre uh, centre back slot because I can't see just because what him being left-footed means that he has to be automatically the left-handed player. It doesn't seem like that is the most logical thing in the world. Surely if you're in the middle, it doesn't matter what foot you are. Uh, so yeah, Greenwich didn't impress me particularly, so I would be looking to bring Taft back in, but I don't necessarily think he should be pigeonholed as our left-handed sided centre-back. Yeah, I, I, I think he could play in the middle eventually, but possibly if Greenwich gets up to speed and if he proves in training. Uh, like James mentioned, we've taken Johan Zuma back on trial, um, and Ian Everett said this week they're not going to rush into a decision. But with so many centre backs already uh, on the books, uh, Jamie, do you see a place uh, in the team presumer, um, and who do you feel would have to leave in order for him to sign? Yeah, it all depends on who we can loan out, doesn't it? You look at Adam Senior. I don't think we know when Edwards is back, but if he could go out and maybe Brock Bank, I suppose, if you if you bring in Zuma. Um, but I suppose one of the questions is what what level do you get the experience for those guys? Brock Bank, you know, is he above national league? At the moment, or would that be would that be right for his development? I think there's, there's a lot of questions in that area. When you look across the squad, do we do we need another centre back, or could we do with a midfielder that maybe adds a little bit extra? Could we do with someone like a winger who would allow us to to play a different system? I think it could be a risk signing another centre back without knowing we can loan out at least a couple of the younger players whose path would be blocked. Mm, certainly some decisions to be made at the back there. Um, news came out today, this morning, that um, Rangers have failed uh, to bring in one of their main targets, it seems. Uh, David Ball from Wellington Phoenix. It seemed as if Rangers were hoping that his contract was going to be terminated because of the financial restrictions in the A-League. But it seems that because they've got Gary Hooper and Stephen Taylor off the books, um, David Ball is going to remain a Wellington player. I'll come to you, James, on this. Do you feel like uh, as if David Ball would have made an impact or do you feel we're better suited to finding a, a low-knee striker, a younger striker from uh, the league above? Uh, well, to, be, well, to be honest, um, I, I don't know that much about David Ball, but from what the little that I have found of him, other than one season in other than one season at Fleetwood where he got about 14 goals, his, his goal-scoring record's not been very impressive. To be honest, it, maybe I'm just speculating here, but it sounds like he would have been either competition or backup or maybe something along those lines for Doyle. But he doesn't seem like that kind of player. So is it just another? Is it just another link-up striker? Because then we'd have three with him, Miller, and 
Alfonso. So, yeah, for, for me, I would... For, for me, this is possibly a blessing in disguise. We 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 could probably take advantage of the loan market and maybe try and get in a um, young, younger, more younger, more poacher type of striker to compete with Doyle, and get, yeah, yeah, get maybe get them some games. Do like we're doing with Tom White, where they're in the last year of their contracts, and if they impress enough, we could possibly sign them on for a free next season. There has to be play, players either rotting in the academies that are available like that, or just. Um, playing back up at the moment at some other championship clubs where where it's maybe where it's maybe not quite their level, but in League Two they could easily do the job. There there has to be players like that available, and I'm sure I'm sure that's the kind of player they're looking for. But yeah, for me, no more free agency. It has to be the loan market at this point. Yeah, and Ian Everett would agree with that one. Either given his comments uh, the other day. And if reports are to believe, um, we, we've tried for another striker. I believe it was record Hackett Fairchild from Portsmouth, who they signed in January from Bromley. And apparently um, we had a loan bid rejected because we wouldn't pay the full amount of wages. Um, so whether or not that progresses or whether or not we go into a um, for another play remains to be seen. And obviously the window's open for a, another couple of weeks until the start of October. Right, okay, so we'll move on to uh, tomorrow's game against Colchester United, our first away trip of the season. Uh, I'll come to you, Tom, on this. Do you think Colchester present uh, a great threat to Bolton? Uh, I I think that's a fair assessment. It's another good litmus test like Forest Green was, and um, I'm hoping we pass it a lot better than we did the previous weekend. Colchester obviously being in the playoffs last season, um, had to lose a few of their their key players, including Brandon Comley, although on first impressions they can have him back if they want. Uh, but I think going forward, Colchester look a reasonably strong outfit, very, very quick uh, with um, Kwame Poku and Giovanni Brown. Giovanni Brown's a player at League Two level who I've admired for quite some time. I thought he was brilliant at Cambridge. Looks like he's very skillful, good long shot, so we have to uh, have to watch out for him. But yeah, I think it'll be a challenge. It will certainly be difficult to go away. We've not had good away form for quite some time now. Uh, but I don't know, maybe the pressure of being away from uh, the Reebok, even though there's no fans there, I suppose, might, might help the lads. You know, three home defeats in a row is pretty pretty poor from us. So maybe a change of scenery will get a change of result. But let's don't make uh, any bones about it. We need to get a positive result from this, in my, in my opinion. I, I think there's a lot of negativity around the club now. And as we know, what happens with Bolton, rightly or wrongly, it's a really, really toxic place when things are when things are going against us. So I think a positive result is a must. Let's see if Ian Everett can live up to what he's been saying. And, you know, he's seen what the issue is. Let's see if he's fixed it. Yeah, it was certainly um, could do with a, a trip away from the Reebok, given our recent form. But it has been almost a year since our last away win, um, which was the first of Keith Hill's tenure, I believe. The 2-0 win at Bristol Rovers. Uh, do you think, um, leaving the, like Tom said, leaving the uh, homestead and going away from home uh, will prove to be... Uh, for Wanderers, Jamie? Uh, possibly. I mean, when there's fans in the stadium, there can be a pressure to playing at home in front of a, a a louder home crowd when things aren't going well. Whether or not that translates into a crowdless environment is sort of up, up for debate at the moment, isn't it? Um, but certainly it will, will encourage a slightly different game plan uh, because we'll be going away from home, even even though it's more of a neutral venue. I'm sure Ian Everett will look set up slightly differently than he has been 
So that might go and play to our advantage at the moment. Uh, I think time will tell on that. Um, but, you know, Colchester, you'd expect to be a fairly solid side, fairly solid test. I think, for me, the key will be um, seeing improvements defensively and hopefully we can build on that going forward and start getting more positive results. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, OK, so I'll get your score predictions now for the game. Uh, we'll start with you, James. How do you see uh, tomorrow going? I'm going to go for a 1-1 uh, draw. Uh, Jamie? Uh, I'm going to go for a draw as well, but I'm going to I'm going to go for nil nil, hoping that hoping our defence can stand the test. And Tom, two nil win to the Wanderers. I, I I think it's time for a change. I get a bit of positivity. I'm going to agree with uh, James and Jamie. I'm going to go with a draw as well. I'll I'll say it's going to be nil nil. Why not? Nice and boring. Uh, okay, so we're going to end the the podcast today with another quiz. Um, see if you all enjoyed it last week. Um, can James reclaim his crown for this week? We'll we'll wait and see. We'll still be going. A lot of fun facts last week, like there's a unicorn on Forest Green's badge, which <laughs> still really, really bewildering. But anyway, we'll get started. Uh, question number one. Oh, I should say, just as you know, just shout out your name uh, if you think you know the answer. Uh, question number one. Uh, which bird features on Colchester's crest? Oh, I, can't, oh, I can never remember it. Jamie. Oh, go on, Jamie. Um, maybe an eagle. Is an eagle. That's one point to Jamie. If I get a donut again, I'm never coming on one of these. <laughs> uh, question number two: Which former Bolton Wanderers manager guided Colchester to the championship in 2006? Tom. Go on, Tom. Phil Parkinson. It's Phil Parkinson. Oh, of course it was. I'm has a point in one of these things. Congratulations. <laughs> Okay, question number three. Uh, we, of course, signed Brandon Conley from Colchester in the summer, but who did he start his career with? Tom. Tom. Queen's Park Rangers. It is Queen's Park Rangers. Tom oh. takes the lead. He's on a run. James, you shit. <laughs> uh, question number four. Which acrobatic former Premier League favourite started his career with Colchester? Tom. And Tom. Lamana Lualua. It's the Lualua. That's three points to Tom. <laughs> Just to jump in with that guess as well. Existed. <laughs> oh, that is a fantastic answer. I didn't think any of you would get it. Okay, and finally, question number five. Uh, which former Wanderer featured in the League One PFA Team of the Year under Phil Parkinson whilst at Colchester in 2006? Oh, my God. Um... Absolutely no idea. Oh. I'll give you a little clue. Yeah, he's um, slagged off the site before publicly on Twitter. What? I mean, it doesn't narrow it down much. I was just about to say, yeah, that doesn't narrow it down. Since when did David Wheater play for Colchester? <laughs> when did Josh Vella play for Colchester? Since when did Dean Moxie play for Colchester? <laughs> oh, okay. I, I honestly have no clue. <laughs> Um, okay, one final clue, and this will probably give it away. It's a bit quick. Um, he signed for Ian Everett's former team in the summer. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I genuinely have no idea. Uh, right. Um, oh, my God. So it's a barrel player? Yes. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> this is embarrassing. Yeah, to the internet. <laughs> 
I can't. Yeah, I've got, got to to be released and for Lee just to be shouting at us right now because he knows who it is. Um... Oh, hold on. Actually, he didn't. He didn't sign. He didn't sign for Barrow in the end, but he was on oh. trial. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Come on, Then I have even less of an idea. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, we haven't got a clue, mate. I think you might just have to give it give it away. Okay. Um. Oh, mm, one final clue. Um. He joined Bolton from your favourite team, Tom Leicester City, in 2013. Oh, Jamie, it's not going to be like. Was it Danny Shitty? Oh no. wait, James. James. Oh no. I probably I probably got this completely. Oh, no, no, no. I don't know why I was thinking Owen Garvin, but it's not him. <laughs> no, he's he came from Palace. I forgot. Any last guesses now? Kim Bolger. Oh. Okay, I'd, I'm I'm just gonna tell Is you now. Oof, you you're so close. You're so close. Matt Mills, <laughs> Neil Dans. Who said that? Is it Neil Dans? It's Neil Dans. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I should have guessed Neil Dans. He's been everywhere. He has been everywhere. My yeah, God. he was. Uh, he played for Parky in that Colchester side that reached the championship. Uh, yeah, I've never, never have got that, that in a million years. No, no. I do like no. Neil Dans. Though. I didn't know he was on trial with Barrow. I thought he joined Tranmere pretty much straight away. Yeah, he, he left Tranmere and he was on trial with Barrow. I thought he'd signed for Barrow, um, but seemingly not. Right. Wait, is that four-one me then? That is, yeah, that's the end of the quiz and with four wow. points um, and one to Jamie and oof, not, none to James. Tom's this week's winner. Congrats, zero Tom. Zero to zero. Well done, unlucky, Jim. Yeah, 1-1. Uh, one, one. We'll, we'll see on the next pod. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us on this preview podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week.